Facilitating a new paradigm is sharing a presence of clarity and guidance. Through all walks of life, it is inviting and assisting humanity to walk with kindness, beyond conflict, into a world of harmony. This is a resource for facilitators, and that includes you, because everyone is a part of the whole. I'm Carrie Lake. Thanks for showing up to dance with me. To guru or not to guru, that is the question. Whether it is nobler to say that I am justified in my spirituality because somebody can vouch for me, or nobler to fly forth brazen, unhindered, and just be wide open out there with nobody to vouch for me, how do we know which is the better way? How do we know if we need a guru? It kind of cracks me up and makes me want to ask first and foremost, what are we talking about when we say a guru? Okay, now, of course, when we look at all the ancient teachings and the old systems of teaching spirituality, especially from the uh, approaches from India, it was absolutely necessary. And it was taught that it was necessary that you must have a guru. That enlightenment, part of enlightenment is having a guru or a sensei. So I'm not showing up to buck that system in any way. Because if that's what works, and it did work for thousands of years, then let's just acknowledge that that's been working. But there are so many people asking the question now, do I really need a guru? Or what if I don't have a guru? Or what if I don't feel like having a guru? Or I know I don't need a guru, but how do I get assistance for myself to go beyond where I've gotten by myself? All of those questions are amazing questions or statements. But it brings me back again to really want to understand what are we talking about when we talk about a guru. Again, going back to the old teachings, a guru was a human teacher, somebody who held the space of a higher state of enlightenment than what we were at and could provide tools and guidance and the questions and the support for us to keep walking forward on the journey to our own enlightenment. Or a sensei that provides the structure that walks us through this step, then this step, then this step, along with sharing the wisdom and bringing the awareness together with the, the systems, with the enlightenment, with the wisdom. Okay, So a guru can be a person is really the simplicity of it. And I think that's kind of how most people associate with the word guru, is it is a person, a teacher. But my question to you is, I wonder if there are other things in life that become the guru that really aren't 
another person, but maybe uh, maybe some other system might be a family system that we hold in a position of high esteem and say, oh my goodness, I strive to be like this sort of a family. I strive to be like that sort of a mother. I strive to be like that sort of a, a manager or that sort of a um, corporate leader or that sort of a, of a sports coach. A guru doesn't have to be a person. A guru, the way we're talking about it here, what if guru is a paradigm rather than a person? What if we start looking at this question of to guru or not to guru is actually the, the guru that we're talking about doesn't necessarily have to be a person, but instead it is a, a belief system or anything that would teach us here is the correct way to be, here is the correct way to achieve, here is the correct way to approach life for the, um, the purpose of some specific outcome. What if a guru isn't anymore just one person or one teacher, but we open up the, the definitions and look at what it is in life that we're holding up as guru status and trying to achieve what we think that will get us in life? What is it that we're looking at and saying, oh yeah, I have to, I have to mold myself to be like that kind of a mother. Well, if that's the case, aren't we making the concept of that kind of a mother into a guru and looking for how we might find the wisdom and find the awareness that would take us to being, for example, that kind of a mother. And perhaps there isn't, you know, a manual, there isn't a thousands of year old system that says, you know, if you meditate 30 minutes twice a day, fast for five days, and then drink six cups of ghee. <laughs> Not to pick on Ayurveda, but the, the ghee cleanse is, is something. For those of you who aren't aware of it, in Ayurveda, one of the cleanses that they offer, in, or maybe it's their master cleanse, I can't remember the, the title of the program, but it includes um, on one day having just a whole lot of ghee, um, followed by a week of a whole lot of ghee. <laughs> and it's amazing for the body. Um, it's just a whole lot of ghee, and it, it cracks me up, so I'm sharing it. Anyway, <laughs> I'm knocking myself off track with my own self-entertainment. But when, when we're striving to be like anything, that, isn't that the same as having a guru, but rather than having a person walking side by side with us as our teacher, we end up extrapolating what it takes 
to achieve this the status or the capacity that 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 um, state of being that we've looked at and decided for ourselves is a, a good way to be that good way to be becomes part of the guru paradigm it becomes a point of achievement it becomes something that is different than me that I am striving to become. So to guru or not to guru, what we're kind of asking there is, do I need to look outside myself for something to guide me where I'm headed? And it's an amazing question when you really start to look at it. Now, of course, there are eons of tools and there's eons of wisdom and there's, there are eons of teachings, and there are people who talk about all sorts of tools and all sorts of, of ways to walk on the planet. You know, some people do podcasts. I don't know. It sounds kind of crazy, but it happens. So let's not deny all the tools that are out there. The tools are there. But the real question is, why are you seeking the tools? Why are you open to the tools? Why are you individually, uniquely, why are you even engaging with this question to guru or not to guru? Your, your exploration into that and your answers into that, it's not about getting the correct answer. It's not about, oh, I should have a guru. Oh, I shouldn't have a guru. It's about the courage to ask the question and go on the exploration because your willingness to ask that question, do I guru or do I not guru? Your willingness to ask that question in and of itself and your courage to ask that question actually opens you to so many more tools and so much more awareness. Your willingness to ask the question, why would I look for a guru in the first place? And your courage to see the true answers, that courage alone is going to open you to see more in every single resource that you engage with. So why is it? Why would I look for a guru? Now, let's, let's, you know, there could be this obvious answer of, oh, no, I would never do that. I totally don't need a guru. Okay, you're right. You're absolutely right. But just for the sake of clarity, let's look at the question. Why would, maybe put it outside of yourself, why would a person seek out a guru? And let's just walk through this and take a note if, as you, as you address these questions, how does your body feel as you let answers come forth? Just watch. How, if, you, if your body starts to become tense or more relaxed or whatever, just, just watch so you can start to create a, a whole new rapport with your own body and your own awareness. So why would a person open up to find a guru? Okay, so one answer is because they don't think that they have what it takes to, to get the awareness that they want on their own. Okay because they think they want a teacher, because that's what they were taught. 
because they didn't even consider that something else was possible. Because, because, because. Keep running with it and play with it for yourself. Why would a person want to find a guru? Myself, a bunch of years ago, I went looking for a teacher. And very literally, the reason why, it was very, very clear to me, the reason why I was looking for a teacher sounded just like this. This was my reasoning. It was, well, hmm, nobody else seems to be able to understand me. Maybe I'm supposed to have a teacher, and maybe that's the way I'm supposed to do it. Maybe then things will work. Okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> for me, it was, it was a grasping at, at something that would um, start to make sense and prove to myself that my own awareness could possibly be valid. Okay, so that's a possibility. And at the time, I had, I had zero judgment for myself, you know, well, at least for looking for a guru, you know, for a teacher, for that, that willingness to be, you know, in the student paradigm. It was, I did have judgment for myself because I was still working on the subconscious levels with, um, there must be something wrong with me, right? And if nobody else seems to understand what I'm saying, what I'm talking about, well, clearly there must be something wrong with me. So that led the logic to maybe I need a teacher. Maybe I'm supposed to be in the teacher-student paradigm. And at the time, I just made that totally okay. Because maybe that was going to cure what was wrong with me. It's kind of fascinating, actually, when you look at it. So why would a person seek a guru? Well, maybe they think they're broken. Maybe they think a guru can fix them. Or, you know, make them less broken. So play with that one. And then let's look at the next question. Why would somebody refuse a guru? Let's go polar opposite. Go all the way to the other side of it. Let's, let's not be fluffy. Let's not be in the gray areas for a minute. Let's just go straight polar opposite. Why would somebody refuse a guru? Absolutely just flat out, no way, never go in there. Okay? Because I've been there too. <laughs> so why would somebody refuse a guru? Well, okay. One reason could be a chip on the shoulder of, I don't need anybody. It could be a straight up awareness of, that I don't require that. I don't require that dynamic. It could be a straight up awareness of, that dynamic does not complement me. It could be a, a, an issue of proving one's strength to oneself. That I don't need that. I can do it by myself. Okay. And here's the cool part. You get to be right if that's what's going on. You're right. Why else? Play with, that, play with that one. Why would somebody absolutely flat out refuse to go into guru land as a guru or a student, right? So, next question 
comes to why would somebody put themselves in a position of being a guru? Again, let's just look at it for what it is. Let it be outside yourself. Let it be outside of everybody that you know. Let's just look at why would humanity play the role of a guru? And it could be a power trip. It could be that 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 individual has a whole lot of information to share and what they share fits itself well into a teaching system. Okay. And that's the title. I don't know. It could be that that's all they know. It's part of the culture. It could be lots of things. So play with that one. Why would somebody actually be step into a role in the title of a guru and there too let's go to the exact opposite why would somebody absolutely flat out refuse to be called a guru right why would somebody re absolutely refuse to be called a guru well let's see and let yourself feel your body while you're playing with these answers because when you take your awareness to your body and you start bringing forth responses, you know, answers to these questions, your body is going to tell you where there's anxiety for you. Your body is going to tell you, you know, if you have a charge on one of these answers or not. And if you're watching your body, your body is going to let you know if, you know, in the background, you know, maybe your words are saying, um, Oh, no, I have no judgment for, for people who play the guru game. You know, they're just doing what they're doing, and it's divine orchestration, and they'll, they'll figure it out when they do. And perhaps your words sound neutral and correct enough, but when you're watching your body, your body's going to let you know if you have judgments about it. So let's just let you have judgments about things, okay? Let's not judge your judgments about things. Let's let you have your judgments so that you can be aware of where the judgments are because it's that awareness that lets you set yourself free from them. And we'll, come, we'll, we'll continue to move toward that. But as you're playing with the answers to these questions, just if you have judgments, please just let yourself have the judgments just, just while we're playing here. You, know? you can deny that you have judgments afterward. <laughs> If you like, <laughs> and perhaps you don't have judgments, and that's an absolute. That's beautiful too. And of course, that's that's where we're all headed. You know, that's the purpose of the the inquiries, and it's the purpose of why we play. But if you find that your solar plexus locks up, if you find that your body starts to cringe, can we just acknowledge that those are judgments? That's your body going. Oh, there's judgments here. And let's just let the judgments be there, because how can we address them if we pretend they don't exist, right? So let's just let there be judgments. Okay, so why would somebody totally, completely avoid being a guru, right? Well, the first, first answer is quite obviously that they have a lot of judgments about being a guru. And they have a lot of judgments about being better than the gurus by refusing to be a guru. Well, that makes sense, of course. That's good motivation. Why else? 
Because it doesn't work for what they have to share. Okay, perfect. Because it just doesn't feel um, complimentary. Okay, good. Let's see, why else? Because they don't know how to spell it. <laughs> That's uh, getting me cracking myself up again. Sorry about that. <laughs> but look at it for yourself. Why else would somebody refuse absolutely flat out no do not call me a guru i am not a guru right so what we played with here is the extremes of of welcoming in a guru or refusing to have a guru another way to say that is being a, the student of another or refusing to be the student of another okay and then the other paradigm is is being a guru, claiming guruship, or refusing guruship. Play with those paradigms and watch your body as you do. Again, you're watching your body just to discover where the judgments and the charges exist. Not to rejudge them and pack them back into your sub-psyche and justify, you know, oh, it's okay that I think this because guruship is you know, so 20th century and, and really over and passe and it doesn't work anymore. Because letting yourself see where your judgments lie, that is really going to start guiding you to who you truly are. When you let yourself see what judgments drive your unique autopilot version of the right way to be, then you, that's when you can start setting yourself free. So let's take it back again to a scenario of how to be a good, a good parent, being a good parent. What does it take to be a good parent? What am I holding up on a pedestal that teaches me what a good parent is? What, what is my good parent guru that I wouldn't necessarily identify as that, but I'm still striving to become it anyway? Letting yourself play with that, walk into it, look at it, and again, not to judge it, but just walking through it. This is the beginning of freedom. Why do I do what I do? What drives my autopilot? What am I afraid of? What am I holding up on a guru pedestal that may be a conventional guru, may be an unconventional guru concept that is has been held to be beyond myself, bigger than me, something to achieve or emulate. What is it that has been driving why I do what I do? That is that is the freedom from any kind of guru paradigm, conscious or, or unconscious. Your freedom to ask, why do I do what I do? And your courage to engage with the real answers. Because, of course, many of us are going to have the correct answers. And whatever answer you bring forth, you're going to be right. But can you give up being right long enough to engage with the truth, with the real answers? Because it's the real answers that will set you free to express your true heart 
through whatever your expression is, whatever you're doing, whether it's momness, whether it's businessness, whether it's a teacher, whether it's a spiritual leader, whether it's a, um, a president of a company, whether it's working at the print shop around the corner, it, it really doesn't matter because people are waking up all over the planet in every walk of life. And the paradigm of spirituality, that, that's still totally running. But there are so many people who have been watching that from the outskirts without diving into the religion of the spirituality approach of, um, you know, gosh, transcending paradigms and, and really dedicating their lives to spirituality, it's happening anyway. So for people of all walks of life, the freedom comes from that courage of asking the question, why am I doing what I'm doing? What is it that's held up on a pedestal that drives this vision of what I think I should be? And where have I decided that that's good? And where have I decided that something else is bad? The willingness to ask those questions, right there, that willingness is your freedom. That is you facilitating yourself to freedom. And it's a beautiful, absolutely beautiful, beautiful thing. Clarity, purity, courage, willingness. And just watch as your own heart comes forward that much more, that much faster. And as your heart comes forward that much faster, watch. You can literally watch your outside world shift and change around you to match you, to give to you, to support you, to provide you with everything that will continue to support you as you step further into the purity of who you actually are. Play with the questions. Ask the questions. And please, just even for one minute a day, can we just let judgment exist for the opportunity to address it rather than vilify it, run away from it? Can we just let it exist for the opportunity to address it? Because that same opportunity is freedom. And the more you play with it, you start to become more and more familiar with what that feels like. Your body knows the sensation of the absence of judgment so innately. And the more you step into it, your physical, literal body begins to change, begins to operate and vibrate at the tones of your own unique essence that are perpetually higher and higher and higher of greater and greater and greater purity, less and less and less affected by judgments, by the outside world, to the degree that you become unaffectable. You become the pure presence, the pure expression of your unique aspect of creator consciousness. And that, man, that is beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I can't wait to see it. <laughs> if you have questions, please put them in the comments or send an email. There are two websites you can visit. One is carrylake.com, K-E-R-R-I-L-A-K-E.com. The other is Forerunner Facilitation, 
Forerunner.com, F-O-R-E-R-U-N-N-E-R, facilitation.com. And if there's anything I can do to assist, please just let me know. I'm here to assist and share and enjoy the ride together side by side. Thanks so much. Have a blast. We'll talk to you soon.